Welcome. This is Salty Therapy, and my name is Tammy. I'm a licensed clinical social worker with a private practice. However, this podcast is not intended to be used in place of professional treatment. It is intended for encouragement, information, and entertainment. Today's topic is timely um, because it's in reference to empty nesters um, or soon to be empty nesters. And I felt like it was important to talk about for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, the end of the school year for seniors, whether in high school or in college, has been very different than it has in the past. Um Everybody was finishing school from home. Everybody was on top of everybody. College students were having to leave their campuses and return home uh, to finish out the year. There was almost an anticlimactic feel to the senior year. And it makes me very sad for, for the students because they worked so hard to get to that point and and I listen, I know that there are a lot of um, parents and community leaders and the schools that are really trying hard to make this a special time for the seniors. We're seeing the drive through graduations and the celebrities are, are posting pictures of themselves in caps and gowns and, and, you know, celebrating the seniors, but it's just not the same, right? And that really led me to think about how it's going to be different for parents that are soon to become empty nesters or who were empty nesters and then their kids came home um, to finish out the year and how that may have changed things. And I just think it's worth having a conversation about. And listen, even if you're not in this category, chances are that you know someone that is or will be soon. So um, stick with me, listen to this podcast, because we will get to a part where we're going to talk about what this stage of life looks like, not only for parents, but helping the children and the young adults transition as well. And you may certainly be in a position to help those young people. So please keep in mind that, of course, there's always going to be extended circumstances that keep you from practicing some of these points. And you may even need some help outside um, in navigating some of your circumstances. But this at least begins the thought process and begins a conversation and an awareness for people that haven't been through this or um, uh, have a family member or a friend that's getting ready to be in this stage or is going through this stage. And it may give you some, um, some help or a perspective to, um, to, to be a good friend for them. So, um, I, I wanted to start with, are you going to call it your empty nest or as my brother and my sister in love call it their love nest? And really that comes down to perspective right? So what is your perspective? It's normal to have some anxiousness about a life change and a change in the rhythm of your day-to-day life. Um, When we have children at home, 
say you've got a high school senior that's just graduated, you were probably extremely busy as I was when my sons were seniors with pictures and ceremonies and, and, you know, buying the caps and the gowns and preparing for graduation and all the things that came getting, you know, ready to make a decision about what happens after high school. Um, and, and, or even college, right? In college, you've, you've kind of gotten used to your um, student being away from home because in most cases they, they live at the college, they have an apartment or they live in the dorm. Um, and so you've already been experiencing some emptiness, but even, even then your rhythm is changing when they're getting ready to graduate. So is your perspective about losing your child or can your perspective be, are you releasing them to discover their own adventure? So being a parent is probably the hardest job I've ever done. And I've had quite a few jobs. I've had quite a few responsibilities, being an army wife in volunteer positions, even as a counselor with my own private practice, being responsible for a business, but being responsible or feeling a sense of responsibility for the emotional, mental, and spiritual health of my clients, because um, my hope is that I can speak life and truth into them. Um, But being a parent, having this little person come into your life and, and bringing them up in a way that they can be responsible and successful, self-sufficient adults and have these, these lives that are lives worth living. Um, it's hard to let them go. It's hard to, to release them out into that mean world that can exist for them. Um, hard remembering what kinds of mistakes you made along the way and wishing you could protect your children from the same thing. But there's power in their own personal experiences and there's power in their experience of you releasing them because the message you send when you do that is that I trust you. I trust that Everything I've tried to teach you for 18 or 22, 23 years, it's it's rooted in there somewhere. The seeds are planted, and I'm going to trust you to take that and take your own intelligence and your own value system and do the right thing and make the best of this life. But you have to remember that you're experiencing growing pains, and so is your child. And I know that we could be talking about college students, which are adults, but let's be honest, if you're a parent, they don't stop being your child, right? I still call my boys, my baby boys, and they're definitely, they, my baby boys have baby boys. So, um, they're, they're not babies. They don't behave like babies, but in my mama heart, they're still my little guys. I look at them and I still see that little person running around and, and laughing. And uh, so these are growing pains. And sometimes these growing pains can lead to conflict from time to time. You can butt heads. You are trying to hold on tight while being aware that you need to release them. 
Uh, you want to be involved in every decision. You want to you want to know everything that's going on, and then you've got your young person who is just just trying so hard to um, separate from from what they've always known from their their home of origin, and and go out into this unknown world, and it's exciting, and it's terrifying. And, you know, they, they want to succeed. They don't know what they want with their lives, but they know that they want to go here. And there's just this internal war that's happening in their minds, as well as in your mind with what's getting ready to happen. And so that's going to result in some conflict between the two of you. Stick with it, talk it through, understand that the changes that are happening are in a sense, a grief process. I know that there were times when I would say to, I remember my youngest son, um, as he was going through his senior year and getting ready to, um, go to college and, you know, all these plans were being made. He was in a, um, well, I'm going to say a long-term relationship because the woman that he was dating in high school, um, is now his wife. Um, and they were spending a lot of time together and, um, as well, they should have, I mean, they were very close, they're best friends. Um, but I was feeling this sense of loss, right? That grief that I talked about. And sometimes we would become impatient with one another. And I would have to remind him, I'm going through growing pains. I need you to be patient with me. I would ask for what I needed from him. Um, and that would soften his heart a little bit and knowing I'm not trying to control your life and I'm not trying to step in and, and take anything from you. And I want you to have these amazing, wonderful things. But my heart aches at the thought of not having you here all the time and having access to you all the time. And so um, being able to talk through that and be honest and open with one another about that is so important. So how do you prepare um, for that empty nest? How do you prepare? Well, as your son or daughter uh, grows and as they get older and they begin showing more independence and they begin to affirm their strengths, help them to, um, navigate the pitfalls of life. Um, you can even be that person that affirms their strengths in them so that they can grow more independent and self-sufficient and more confident in who they are as, as people. Um, and the more you do this while they're at home, the more confidence can grow as you see their choices maturing. So that means that they're not only going to grow in confidence, but you are going to grow in confidence that they're listening, that they're growing, that they're making right decisions in, in difficult circumstances, whether that has to do with peer pressure or in the job field or managing their time and their responsibilities, whatever that might be. Um, but helping them to prepare for what is inevitably to come, um, is going to have a lot to do not only with them, but with you and what you do with them and for them. And as your child becomes more independent before leaving home, you should allow them, um, to explore that, uh, perhaps that's by getting a job, um, perhaps that's 
through um, making some choices for themselves that it may not be your number one choice, but it's not a horrible thing, but letting them explore that and come to their own decisions. It's part of how they figure out who they are and what they want. Um, the other thing that I would ask for you to do is that you begin at that time to explore your own independence. We oftentimes become dependent on our children. We become dependent on them to fill our time, to affirm who we are as a person, to um, affirm our own strengths. Um, their successes are, are our successes. Um, there are a lot of parents who they step away from the workforce to raise their children. I know I did that. Um, <clears throat> and we oftentimes get our confidence and, and our uh, feeling of, of we have something to offer the world when we're working. And so when we um, aren't working because we're with our children, that's great. But then as we're letting go of our children, as we're releasing them, then we start start to lose the identity that we've created. So using this time as your son and daughter are learning their own independence from you while still at home, you can begin to explore yours. Maybe you decide to reenter the workforce. Maybe you decide to um, look for ways to serve your community. Uh, it can be through your church. It can be through community projects. Uh, remember the strengths that were given to you, that God has given you, and look for ways to use those strengths. Um, but but you need to begin to make the transition yourself. And I think, you know, I, I think about my own children. I think if they watch, I know they watched me. I know they watched me, even when they didn't tell me they were. Um, I've proofread some papers in college from from a couple of my sons, and they um, talked about me, and they talked about their father in some of these papers, and it was always interesting to see what they had to say, what they took notice of, what really stuck out for them. So during this time your young person's watching you. You are a concern for them. They may not show it or act like it, but they're paying attention. And if they see you um, getting out there and starting to um, grow in your own independence socially or through work or volunteering and whatever, um, you're going to make it easier for them to, to move forward in their lives and to do the right thing. Um, expand your social structure. It, it's funny when we are parents and we're involved with our children's lives, we can find that our social structure is completely built around these other parents and these other families with the same age children. So I'm going to ask you to ask yourself, who are my friends? Do I have friends outside of that structure? Because here's what can happen. Um, when the kids leave, those, those relationships that you created within your children's structure can actually break apart because it was the children that kept bringing you together through 
the sporting events or the cheer competitions or the, you know, academic um, programs or the school volunteering, whatever, people tend to disperse a little bit after their children are gone. Um, and I, I have seen a lot of men and women left without very much um, of a social structure, a friend base, a um, opportunity to go out and do things and have fun away from the house. Um, so ask yourself who your friends are and what are you involved in outside of the home that can be sustained after your child leaves, right? So that goes back to when I talked about looking at your independence, um, you may go back into the workforce. You may choose to take that volunteer strength and ability that you have and love so much and pour it into something else. Um, maybe you want to continue to stay involved with the football program at the school, or you loved being around that age group. So think about getting a job at the school so that you can continue to be around young people and, and instilling, you know, good things into them the way you enjoy doing it when your children were home. I'm not asking you to completely turn your life inside out. What I'm asking you to do is to be independent from, of your child. Um, now, the big thing I started with, is this an empty nest or a love nest? If you are married and you're beginning to enter this phase of your life, you may have to redefine yourself and your marriage. Um, who are you outside of being a parent? Who are you? Um, a lot of men and women they have children and their children become their everything. And I get it. I get it. I fell head over heels in love with my sons, head over heels. And I'm still head over heels in love with my sons, even though they're all married and they all have homes of their own. None of them live near me. Um, but I need to be somebody separate from them. Number one, man, that's an awful lot of pressure to put on your kids. If they think that you live for them and that they are your everything, there is a pressure that comes with that for them. And they're either going to, you know, just bend themselves over backwards to try to be everything to you that they think you need or they're going to end up resenting you because they can't be who they want to be and who they are because it might impact you in a, in a way that they see as negative. So really ask yourself, who are you outside of being a parent? This is an opportunity for you to explore new choices for yourself. If you're not really sure who you are, who is Tammy? Not Tammy the mom, but who is Tammy? Who was I before I became a mom? And does that person still exist? Or is there somebody else there in place of that? Um, so this is an opportunity to think about things like going back to school. That's, that is what I did. I went back to school and I created a whole new career. Um, 
You can resume your career that you left to raise your children or, or that you downsized. Um, you, you did part time. Maybe you stayed in the career field, but you didn't have the ability to give it everything you wanted to give it because you had to have time and flexibility to, to be that parent for your children. And there's no judgment there. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. But resume or start a career, engage in new interests or hobbies. You know, maybe there were things that you were um, exposed to during those 18 years, those 20 years, um, and thought, oh, I I think I'd really like to do that. Um, Actually, that's that's really what happened with me. When I went to college originally at 18 years old, um, I was majoring in education. I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I can tell you um, that God blessed all those little souls that I would have been a teacher to, because I realized um, that I would not have been a good teacher. It just would not have been my strength. Um, I know people who got their degree in teaching, and I know people who are teaching that I can clearly see they have no business teaching. And I know people who got into the classroom and they weren't there three years and they said, I, I can't stand this. I don't like it. And they left the field and they're doing something that has nothing to do with their degree. Um, so, you know, starting a new career or, or engaging in new interests, um, is, is a real possibility. You can reinvent yourself at any age. It doesn't matter. Um, pick up a new hobby. Maybe you enjoy taking pictures with your children. And so maybe you'll take a photography class. Maybe you join a photography club. Uh, You have been a part of a book club. Maybe you'll pick up a creative writing class and and start writing. Uh, Maybe you'll start a podcast. Hey, I don't know. Um, Explore your identity in Christ, which by the way, remains the same with or without your children. Your identity in Christ has nothing to do with whether or not you're a parent, with whether or not your children are graduating high school or college, whether or not they have a job, whether or not they're moving back home. Your identity in Christ is yours and yours alone, and it isn't based on these extraneous situations. The other part that I'd like you to really pay attention to is your marriage. Transitioning in your marriage starts long before your child is ready to transition from home. When my children were little, and I mean six months old, um, I made a very conscious decision that my children were going to be on a schedule Um, particularly a bedtime schedule. And that was for the purpose of always being sure that my husband and I had time with each other as adults. And that time may have been used to do nothing but watch TV. That time may have been for intimacy. That time may have been that we needed to have an argument about something and we didn't have to do it in front of the children, uh, have difficult conversations about finances or things of that nature. Um, but there was a time in our day 
that it was just he and I, and we were committed to he and I. Um, and the other thing was that we always uh, had date nights. It may not have been every Thursday night. It was um, hit and miss based on babysitters and circumstances with our lives, but we did make a point of making time to go out together and have dinner, watch a movie, go see a comedian, um, go to a concert, go to the beach, what, whatever. We, we tried to do different things. Um, and the point in doing that was that we were building a relationship um, that was separate from being parents. Uh, we even took weekends away. We always had somebody identified that we felt safe leaving our children with overnight because you never know in the military what's going to happen. And so I always wanted to know because I didn't have family nearby ever when I was raising my children. So I always wanted to have somebody identified that I could leave my children with if I needed to in the, in the event of an emergency. Um, and that turned into being able to leave my children for one or two nights for my husband and I to get away and, and, you know, just be the two of us for a couple of days. And, um, that's really an important part of, um, uh, being good parents to your children is is showing them what a healthy marriage looks like. So build your relationship that is um, separate from being parents. Um, maybe take on hobbies that you enjoy together. I remember at one point, uh, we decided to learn how to golf. He kind of knew how to golf. I had no idea. Um, but we thought this is something we can do together. Uh, we took our, um, certification or patty certification for diving together so that that was something that we could do together. Um, I invested in, my husband's interests and he tried to invest in mine. Um, uh, to be honest, he probably didn't do as good a job as I did. Um, but I can be interested in more quote unquote male oriented things a little bit easier than he can female oriented things. So he went with me to the craft shows and he went with me to the musicals and things like that. And he didn't make me feel bad for it. Uh, but I knew if he had a choice that he probably wouldn't be there. Um, but, you know, I was at the car shows with him. I was helping him rebuild, you know, uh, muscle cars and I, picked up golfing and, and different things like that. So we invested in one another. We invested in, in learning how to, um, do things together. Uh, we, like I said, we dated often. Um, and the other thing is to remember when I said that, that the transition starts long before your child is transitioning from home, Remember when I said earlier that my, my children were watching, my children were listening? Well, the relationship that you have with your spouse, it is a model that your children may choose to follow. Um, and they're, they're watching to see how does a husband treat his wife? How does a man treat a woman? 
How does this woman allow men to treat her or speak to her? How does she love her husband well? Um, it can go in the negative direction as well. Uh, a man cussing his wife out or putting his hands on her in a violent manner, if seen enough times, it's normalized. And that translates into, well, that's what love looks like, or that's normal. That's how, that's what men do. Um, and you want to be really, really mindful of the fact that your children are watching you. So like I said, this relationship is a model for them. And I would encourage you to let them see respect and sense of humor and let them see affection. Let them see, let them see you hug and kiss. Um, let them see the commitment that you have not only to each other, but to the family. So second part, how do we help our children transition? I've spent some time talking about how you can begin to make the transition and how you can help yourself transition, but we do have children and they have to transition. So the first is going to be building trust between the two of you or between the three of you, mom and dad and the child. So think about um, as your child turns 15 and 16 years old and they are getting their driver's license, they have the opportunity to get a job. Um, maybe they're getting involved in more extracurricular activities at school, clubs and fundraisers and things of that of that nature. Allow your child to experience that kind of independence. Uh, there's a lot of people that I know who don't want their children to have jobs in high school. I, I can't say that I completely agree with that. Um, I think it depends on the student. I think it depends on, um, the, the situation, um, at home. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with them having, even if it's during the summer, a part-time job and listen, it can be one day a week. Um, but there's a lot that they can learn, um, about time management, about following somebody else's authority. Um, they can learn very quickly. Hey, I don't like flipping fries for, you know, six hours a day and getting pennies, um, in my paycheck. And it may inspire them to say, maybe I want to go to school. Maybe I want to get some vocational training so that I can get a job that I enjoy doing that can support me. Um, Letting them learn to drive while they're still at home with you, um, it's an important time. Um, not having them get their driver's license until they leave for college and they can drive independently, uh, it just leaves some windows of opportunity for recklessness or a lack of confidence. And somebody driving with a lack of confidence is putting themselves and others at risk. So letting them experience these kinds of independence um, while living at home, and then as they're making the right choices, they're coming in when they're supposed to come in, they're, they're doing their job, they're, they're doing their chores, they're not getting tickets when they're driving, all those things, there's going to be a trust that grows between both you and your child. Recognize that your child is going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes as they grow. 
Um, and they're going to lean into new experiences, things even that you hadn't thought about. This is part of their personalities developing. It's part of God's gifts showing up in their lives, you know, or, or even part of them trying to figure out who they are and what they believe separate from you. So, um, give them the space to make those mistakes. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be consequences. Of course, there's consequences, but, but don't expect the perfection. Um, be there to support them during these times. Be ready to teach them and guide them. And remember that at times this comes through with those clear and consistent consequences. Um, when I was a student in high school, C's were not acceptable unless I could prove um, and had been proving that I was giving my absolute best effort in that class. And if my best effort resulted in a C, then that was okay. But if I was pretending that everything was great, I never had homework, I didn't have to study for tests, I never asked for a tutor, never stayed after school for extra help, and then I showed up with a C, I was grounded. And I was grounded not for a week or two weeks, but I was grounded until the next grading period. So those were significant consequences. And you know what? Kudos to my mom. She stuck her by her guns. She stuck by her guns. Um, and so letting your, your children know that there are um, consequences to their actions, being clear on what those consequences are, and then being consistent with them is really important. I'm going to call myself out right now. Um, I have, I have some pretty smart kids and I guess we must have created, um, an environment where they felt like they could be honest and communicate with us. So, my two older sons are only 18 months apart, and it was almost like raising twins at times. And um, they got in trouble for grades or something. And my husband and I spoke to them and said, this is what's going to happen. And and they came back and they said, you're never consistent. You always change the rules. You always say it's going to be this way. And then when it comes to it, it's something else. And they were giving us examples. And I thought, they're right. That they're, they're right. We would forget. Um, but they didn't forget. And so what we did was, and I will never, for, I can picture us doing it. We typed up a contract. We came up with, these are our expectations of you. I mean, included chores at home, how they behaved with one another and us talking with respect, all that stuff. It included school um, expectations in terms of grades. Um, and then it said, these are the consequences when you do these things. So positive rewards for, for you know, job well done. Um, and not everything got a, a reward. You're expected to clean your room because it's your personal space and you're expected to show respect for the things that we've spent money to buy you and to keep your room clean, right? But if you do extra chores that are above and beyond, then there can be a, a reward for that. 
there were also very clear consequences for the things that they failed to do. So if you bring home this grade or lower, then these are the consequences. We all went over it. Everybody had a say in what was in it. We came up with the final document. We all signed it. My husband and I kept the original. Each of my sons had uh, a copy of the agreement. So the next time something came up, I said, well, let's get the contract out. They would go get the contract and I'd say, find that part in the contract. They'd find it and they would read what the consequences were. And I'd say, okay, there you go. (laughs) That was it. There was no more arguing. There was no more uh, confusion. There was, it was really just, it was acceptance. Why we didn't think about this years before, our lives would have been so much easier. But, but that amazing thing that happened for us came about because our children came to us and were honest and open with us in a respectful way and showed us where we were being inconsistent. Um, so really have an awareness of that when it comes to consequences. The other thing that we're going to do to help our children transition is focus on independence. If your child has shown themselves to be trustworthy, allow them to have their driver's license so they have the opportunity to get as much practice behind the wheel while they're still living at home and getting your support. Let them get a job. They learn to manage money. They learn to manage time. They learn to prioritize. They may expand their social networks and be able to build uh, some new social networks. Uh, They learn to manage a budget. Maybe you're going to teach them about tithing. Uh, Perhaps you're going to give them the responsibility of paying for their gas or paying for their insurance or their cell phone, and, and they need to budget for that. Um, having that independence will one, teach them all of those things that I just listed off, but it's also going to build your confidence in them watching them, uh, attain these things. And also it's going to build confidence in them that they have the ability to do this. Um, my oldest son, when he got his, um, when he began working, he had, uh, some debt with us that he owed us for something to do with his car. I think I don't remember exactly. Um, and I clearly remember him coming in one day and going, he had a handful of cash because he'd been working and saving. And he said, how much do I owe you? And I told him and he paid it on the spot. And he goes, I don't want to owe you money anymore. I don't want to have that over my head. And I was like, wow, that's how cool is that? You know? So, um, the third thing that we're going to do to help our children transition is going to be communication. The primary tool that you're going to have when your child leaves home, whether it's for school or the military or to start a career is going to be communicating. And this has to start sooner rather than later. If you wait until they've left the house to suddenly decide you've got to learn how to communicate with them better, um, you're probably going to have a difficult time. Learn to be an active listener, learn or teach your children how to be active listeners. 
um, encourage them to be a problem solver by offering to them an open mind and an open ear and helping to guide them to solutions. So I talked about that my sons came to us and said, you're changing the rules on us. You're not consistent. Um, And the fact that we were open to listen to them and then to respond to them, I'm, I'm giving you an example of how we were offering them an open mind and an ear. Um, and, and I guess what we did, we did encourage them to be problem solvers. You know, they saw there was an issue there. Um, and they, they came together to come to a solution. Allow them to be honest without overreacting. Because they can be honest while still being respectful. And sometimes that's going to take some guidance from you. They may initially come to you and not be very respectful because their feelings are so big inside and they don't know what to do with it. And they just blurt it out and it isn't necessarily appropriate. But if you don't overreact and you really just plug into what it is they're trying to say to you, then you can guide them into how they can present that to you in a way that's respectful, respectful for you and respectful for them. Because what you're really teaching them is how to be, um, how to resolve conflicts when they leave the home, uh, when they're having to interact with professors, when they're having to interact with bosses, with law enforcement, anybody. So um, when you don't overreact, you have the real opportunity to guide them. Um, the other thing I'd like to talk about, which is, I think, paramount, because the time when your children are leaving home, whether it's from high school or college, is going to be the time when their spiritual fitness is going to come up the most. Um, it's definitely going to start showing up um, probably in high school, um, but definitely when they leave the home and start experiencing different people groups, different um, things that they're exposed to, uh, especially if they go to college, they're going to be faced with uh, conversations in the classroom that are more than likely going to go against what they were taught in the home. So this spiritual fitness is going to be important for both you as a parent, as well as your children. And I want to give you this scripture that is just, I think, so encouraging, and it's Proverbs 22.6, and you probably know it, but I'm going to read it anyway. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a promise. So that is something that you can instill the values, the belief system, the truth that God has given you for your children. They may step away for a minute from that. But believe in God, believe in his promise that they will come back to the truth. Jesus talked about the parable of um, of the, the son leaving home and taking his inheritance. And when he, when he finally came to the end of himself, he came back home. He came back to the truth. He came back to the father. Um, Encourage your children to define their faith for themselves. 
encourage them to read the Word of God, encourage them to pray, encourage them to make connections with their pastors, with their youth pastors, um, and to build those relationships and to really explore their faith for themselves. Because what happens is that it becomes their faith. It becomes their belief system, not yours, that they're borrowing. And therefore, it's really personal, and it becomes an integral part of their value system. And that goes back to when you start planting those seeds, when they are old, they will not depart from it. When it's really your belief system, and it's a real integral part of your value system, it's hard to walk away from that recognize that they may stray a bit in the beginning, but the promise is that they will return to it. And like I said, remember the prodigal son. It's not uncommon for young people to to be tempted and to be pulled away or to break habit. The expectation that they're going to leave home and go to college and start attending church every Sunday and Wednesday night, um, you, you need to watch that expectation. It's most likely not going to happen. It happens for many young people, but for many it doesn't. And um, just understand that that, that is a possibility. Um, shoving it down their throat and pressing them for why they aren't going and are you there and are you going – it's it's not going to be helpful because what may happen is that you end up having your child lie to you to get you off their back. So instead, just praying for them and encouraging them and loving them where they're at um, and knowing that they're trying to find their way. Parents' faith is important as this will be a source of strength and encouragement through this transition. And it's also going to offer you a community that you can lean into for support and friendship. So as you're helping to transition your children and you're watching them make decisions that you don't think are the best thing for them, or you're watching them hang around people that you wish they wouldn't hang around as they're trying to find themselves, as they're trying to define their faith and define their value system and, and, um, and they're learning to communicate and they're learning to set boundaries. All of these things are going to be so difficult as a parent to watch and to move through. That's why your faith is going to be so important. Prayer, going to God with these things, releasing your child to God. That is one of the things that I am working on the most even now with adult children is releasing them, letting them go, letting them be their own people and letting them have whatever consequences they may have based on the choices that they make and not feeling a sense of responsibility for it. Um, and, and part of the way I do that is I've got my faith community. These are people that I can be open and honest with that aren't going to judge me. They're not going to judge my child. They're going to pray with me. They're going to pray for me. They're going to give me support. And you know what? They're just going to give me their friendship. So this conversation about being an empty nester or a love nester, um, you get to make a choice. And if you're just having a child start school as a freshman, 
There's so much time for you to do things today that are going to make a tremendous difference when they graduate high school for you and for them. And I'm so glad that you listened today. So whether you're in this stage heading in that direction, you're a young adult that's left home, um, or you're a friend of somebody or a family member of somebody that's going through this, I hope that this helped put this um, idea of empty nest versus love nest into a better perspective. Um, and I hope that um, you feel encouraged. And I don't want you to think it's too late because they've already left home or they've just graduated and you don't have time to do anything different. That's a lie. That's a lie. And if you listened to my last podcast about partnering with lies, don't partner with that lie. It's never too late. It's never too late. One of the best things you can say to your son or daughter is, you know what? I just learned something amazing. I want to share it with you. And I'm going to start making these changes. And it lets your young people know that they can make mistakes and they can rise out of them and that they can learn new things from them and that God can take all things and work them out for good. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and give me a five-star rating and share it with your friends and family. If you have comments or suggestions for future podcasts, you can also find me at saltytherapy.com and at Salty Therapy on Instagram and Facebook. Peace and joy. See you next week.